Welcome to A Thousand and One Good Nights, a podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Follow along with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they explore the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Hey, Nick. How's it going, man? Hey, Ben. Good, bud. Um, so you say that Olivia by Ian Falconer is one of the few board books that you look forward to reading every time, which is high praise for a board book because those can really settle into uh, a bedtime <laughs> reading rut. <laughs> so uh, what, what makes this one special? Yeah, I think it's – and I would say just books – kids books in general like i just whenever the girls like come you know come over to the couch with this one i'm always uh excited i always look forward to it um oh oh, totally but 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 i feel like when there's a board book uh one of the great things about them is that they're often shorter so you can get through them more quickly but (laughs) then that means that but then that means that you end up sometimes you just end up reading those more than say a longer book or a longer book maybe you read different sections and not all you know all the same time whereas a board book Maybe you even read it back to back. Do you ever read Olivia back to back? Does that ever happen that you finish it and you just go back to the beginning and start um, again? No, interestingly, but that does happen with a lot of other board books. But for some reason, not not Olivia. That that's kind of interesting because um, it's a complete tale. It just did. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I don't. There's not like a whole lot of a, a plot, but I can just kind of briefly. Oh, so Olivia is this um, a pig, a young young girl pig. Um, and it just kind of it basically walks through a day in the life of Olivia. So it talks about her um, getting dressed, you know, and trying on all the clothes, and her little brother who's always copying her, and uh, tells about her family a little bit. And she goes to the beach with her mom during the day, and then she has to take a nap, which she's just not pleased about at all. Um, but she. She do, does. Does she take a nap? That that's that's unclear to me. It's unclear. She, she, yeah. <laughs> I just maybe because there's been a lot of not nap taking in my household. I get the vibe that she just doesn't end up taking a nap. She says, "Of course, she wasn't very tired or, or something to that effect." So yeah, mom says it's time for you. You know what? And Olivia's right. sitting there on her bed with this defiant, angry face. And the next page is, of course, Olivia's not at all sleepy, and it's her doing um, ballet poses. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's doubtful whether she actually sleeps. <laughs> And then she goes to a, um, an art museum and she is, uh, <laughs> one of the paintings is a, is a Jackson Pollock and she comments that she could do it in about five minutes. And then the next page is her at home with some um, drip painting on the wall uh, for which she gets <laughs> sent to time out. Um, anyway, and, and then it, it kind of goes through and the, it, the book ends with mom and Olivia reading books and then Olivia um, goes to bed. Um, so it's kind of a standard um kid book kind of plot line if you even want to call it that but what i think what makes this book so there's a few things that make it really special but one is how much personality is injected into this little like three-year-old pig yeah (laughs) and also in, in a book that's very short and that does not have that much text um it does and and even in the drawings themselves are pretty um crude isn't the right word but simple like they're not elaborate um so it's it's really like the the text is really 
sparse, but it manages to kind of inject this character with just a ton of personality, um, which I think is just as the daughter, as the father of three girls, like it's right. pretty fun. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Do you do you find that? Yeah, too? Well, like, I, I find that I've been trying to, and I can't. Maybe you can help me identify uh, what I think is so unique about this. The perspective of this is somehow seems strange to me. Like a lot of children's books have uh, children or even young animals as protagonists, and you're 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 kind of, the, the kids are meant to empathize with them, and they're sort of peers for them, and you see them. This like many books is. Uh, regular activities like sleeping, nap time, going to the beach, doing things like that, that does not seem unusual, but something about like the point of view or the, pers- the narrative perspective is it's located differently than almost any other children's book that I've written. I can't quite figure out why that is. Like, it's like you, you, you're, you almost, you don't quite put yourself in Olivia's shoes because you, because she does unexpected things. Like you don't know if she right. naps or not. Um, she, there's that, uh, like there's a lot of like big reveals, like where you, you wonder what she's thinking. And then when she's staring at, the, at one of the panes and then you see in her mind, she's imagining herself as like a, with a tiara on. So it's like, right. you're, you're almost in her mind. So it's not quite, but you're just one step behind. Does, mm-hmm. does that check out? Like you're just like, and, and, and if you're, and if you're a kid, you are, uh, one step on, but you can, you can very quickly catch up. Like it's not, it's not like you're trying to imagine yourself as Olivia, but, but you can quickly follow up and, and, and imagine what, what sort of thing she's thinking because it really, you know, as the parent of a thrilled, I feel like it maps out pretty, pretty well. <laughs> and then as a parent, like you, you also, <laughs> you're smart enough because you're a parent, you can, <laughs> it's almost like when you, the way that you relate to a child, like you, the, kids can be pretty transparent in terms of what they're thinking and what they're doing, but you're, all, but you're still like, like a millisecond behind. And that <laughs> is kind of how this feels too. Does that, is that just in my head or does that, does that check out? Yeah. The, I feel like the, the, the narrative perspective is always shifting. Like the narrator is like, there's one scene in the beginning where it shows Olivia in front of a mirror and she's got her mom's like high heels and lipstick on. Um, but then right behind her is her little brother who also has lipstick smeared all over his face. And the, right. the text reads, Olivia has a little brother named Ian. He's always copying. Um, so right. it's, it, that kind of sounds like it's from Olivia's perspective, right? Like right. he's always copying. But then the very next line is Olivia puts this like a uh, um, grocery bag with like a scary face painted on it over her head and like scares him. And he's like running away terrified. And the, the text is, sometimes Ian just won't leave her alone. So Olivia has to be firm. <laughs> which is like a very parental sort of right. tone. Like the, but, like it's a all, parent. But, it, but it's also like, that's not like the way that parents are firm by putting like a paper bag over their head with a, with a scary monster face. Like it's almost like she's still copying it or mimicking it. Yeah, you're right. It inhabits that but, weird kind of space. Like there's that, there's, there's that, that when it talks about uh, her not taking the nap and it says, of course she wasn't tired at all. Like you can hear that. You, you can hear that in her tones. You can hear like, right. I'm not tired at all. Why am I even napping here? Like, I'm not tired, even if, you know, everything that she does is suggesting that she's tired. Right. And then, but you can also hear like a parent almost saying it sarcastic. Of course, she's not. She's not at all tired, right? <laughs> like if, naturally, yeah. she's not. She's not going to nap. Okay. So. <laughs> and that's, I think one of the great things about this book is it, it pulls off that um, Pixar 
that Pixar quality of creating a, a story that appeals equally well to kids and parents. Uh, we've talked about this with other, other books, but I, I think that's part of the magic of, of this book in particular is that it, it does this thing where you, you can kind of um, both parents and kids can read the same thing or look at the same thing and both find common ground in it. Yeah. So, it, and, it and like, which is, uh, which is more, a lot of times I think people think that's as simple as just, there's, and then here's a joke for the parents. Like maybe the kids won't get it. Like, you know, right. I don't know. There's, there's some joke about paying alimony or something. And like, it's just going to go over the kids. But, but right. that's not this at all. This isn't a matter of just like bearing little, like clever uh, nuggets for, for the parents. It really no. is. It is that kind of straddling both perspectives simultaneously. The, the, I feel like the last scene really sums this up where they're, they're in bed and after this fierce negotiation, they, they've settled on reading three books at night. Um, right. And the, the last line is when they finish reading, Olivia's mother gives her a kiss and says, you know, you really wear me out, but I love you anyway. And Olivia gives her a kiss back and says, I love you anyway, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's like, it's it, the, the joke. It's not just, there's, uh, you know, a nice moment for the daughter, for kids, and then a, an inside joke for parents. It's, it like works together. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah, which is just really cool, I think. Um, so that, so that's part of it. Um, but the other thing too, is it, it feels like a very, um, like it, it's just a very well thought out and balanced book. Like everything about it is, re is really nice. It seems like to me, like if, from the typography to the like the way there's this great maybe one of my favorite like scenes or moments in any kid's book is they're at the beach and a, the the olivia and her mom are sitting on the beach making a sandcastle and it says last yeah. summer when olivia was little her mother showed her how to make sandcastles and then you right. turn and it's this close-up of them two sitting on the beach and then you open the page and it's zoomed really far out and on one whole side of the page is just you see the like the only text is she got pretty good <laughs> yeah and, but even so i mean the 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 like pacing but, of it and, and the language is really clever but even the the visual layout of it is it pans way out and so you see this the characters are tiny and there's this huge empire state right. building with olivia working on it and her brother's like lost off on the side playing with this crab like way out in the distance and so yeah it's it's like thought it not only it's, is it the, it's great yeah it's just and, and, and if you'll forgive like a really terrible pun not only does it pan way out it deadpans way out because <laughs> it just says she got pretty good underneath you know but it's with, with the empire state building and there's not like an exclamation like oh, she got really good because sometimes uh there the books will use an exclamation like children's book would use an exclamation mark it's like and it's it's just meant to be like this is like it's being the book is being whim, like whimsical and fantastic like, look how great she is she's building these like crazy things but this just she got pretty good like i, I guess <laughs> you could say <laughs> some might say which is kind of which i think is cool because it's in some ways too it, you're you're exposing kids to like I, like irony early on like they're, they're gonna have they're they're used to the like the, the typical book that puts three exclamation points as a not so subtle signal to parents to like really get animated with this part, you know? Um, but this, they still like Elena start, she, she gets that it's kind of, it's funny, even though the tone is not in like a really exaggerated dramatic way. There's something, yeah. there's like a tension because it's obviously there's this huge 
you know, Empire State Building Sandcastle. Um, so I, I think that's really cool that it, it kind of fosters this attention to that kind of detail. Honestly, sometimes, like the, in particular, that that page um, with the Empire State Building, it almost feels like a New Yorker cartoon to me sometimes. It where looks it, exactly like, like a New Yorker like that, cartoon. Like that, that kind of the shading and then like you're supposed to kind of extrapolate. Like if it was just that, that could be like, she got pretty good. And then and then you 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 build out from that. And like the, the the palette is really strange to me. Like some at at, at first when I first saw like the the pigs, you know. So Olivia's everything's almost in these this black and white, and then her clothes or or accessories are red. So she'll be wearing a red shirt or yeah, it's it's like it's, be red. It's, it's black and white with splashes of red, but then also like charcoal. There's lots of kind of shades right. of gray. Um, um, and at first it seemed like. Uh, either some kind of comic strip or grim, like not, almost dystopian. Like I yeah. found them kind of ominous. And then I guess as time went on that, uh, that kind of faded away. One uh, exception is that uh, painting. The uh, painting. Right? The, the painting. Well, I guess both paintings. The, Two the, of them. The, yeah. the Jackson Pollock and then the, and then the ballerinas were, and, and that's, and that's, uh, you know, that's maybe three quarters or two thirds of the way through the book. And so it's kind of a shock when you've been, it's, it's just charcoal and red. And then all of a sudden you have this, I don't know, like yellow, maybe more sepia. I, I don't know what I don't know what you would call it, yeah. but, but definitely an additional, not a lot of color. Like it's not like a flowerscape or something, but it's uh, definitely you, you've been you've been trained to expect you know just black, white, charcoal, red, and then even having a little bit of kind of I don't know what I'm going to control my shades like ochre. I'm, I don't know what the, what the right words are. Just <laughs> one one slight shift is it, it really startles you. Yeah, and I think I, I, I mean, I would love to talk to the author about this and just get inside his head with with what he was thinking with it because he did the. I think he wrote it and and illustrated it. Um, but one one possibility that strikes me is p- part of the what makes the book kind of compelling is there's there's so much um, personality and humor and like dynamism in the in the story and in the language and in the characters. And I think the fact that it contrasts with this mostly kind of monotone, pretty sparse um, visual style. Like, I think that yeah, it's almost it's like a foil, like it sort of sets off. Right. And, and maybe it's working in that kind of deadpan way, like the visually it's sort of pretending to be sort of spare and kind of boring and minimalist. Um, but it's just like loaded with... Um, yeah, with personality and character and color, and even if there isn't literally much color in it, right? I, I guess the the um, the, the other uh, moment of color is is when Olivia gets that sunburn. Oh yeah, <laughs> which oddly enough, in some ways, makes her look more like a real pig, right? Because it right. kind of turns her pink from instead of the the the, the, the kind of the white and charcoal that she is. So uh-huh. in some ways, that's the most natural looking that she is throughout throughout the book is when she's is, is when she's i guess suffering from like a, a sunburn you think um, this is a, a subtle reference to um pop pig getting sunburned and in, in you know what I, i'm always looking for i'm always looking for callbacks to uh richard scary <laughs> um, i mean if, if you recall we decided that unexpectedly pog getting sunburned that's the climax of that whole book. Like the whole book is just, <laughs> right. it winds around and then they, they finally get there and then he gets a sunburn and they go home. That's that, that's that. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, See, so yeah, I, I just, I, I think it's, 
it's it's such a fun book. Um, it, it's also very. I think what's so great about it is you get through it really quick. Like it's it's punchy, like it's fast. You know, it's it's yeah. it's really like there's just a lot in a little bit of space. Um, and I think that it condenses everything down and makes it um, that much more fun of an experience. I think reading it. I don't disagree. Um, and my only my only quibble with it, <laughs> um, and I recognize this is not just Olivia, and this is definitely my problem, not the Olivia book series's problem, is that sometimes I get really hung up when like, there's a whole, um, you have some kind of anthropomorphized situation where it's, you know, in this case, it's a, a it's, it's not just a little girl, it's a, a, a little pig who can talk and wear clothes and, and dreams of being a ballerina and does like Jackson Pollock paintings in her, in her house, <laughs> which fine. Like that's, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but then she has, uh, they have pets that are clearly like just pets. <laughs> and whenever it's like, well, what, what about, like, what, what are the laws of this universe? Like some animals are, and we're just supposed to ignore it. And but the thing is like it, Jack is never bothered by the things that I'm bothered by. Like he never, like he'll, he'll be bothered by things. Like he was very curious about the sunburn and other things. <laughs> and he definitely asked probing questions kind of about the rules of, of a book, but it's never the ones that I'm worried about. Like, Oh no, he's going to, this is, this is going to drive him crazy. If he sees that she's a pig, but then she has a dog and the dog is not capable of intelligent thought in the same, the same way that the pig is. <laughs> That's right. We just watched, um, this uh christmas this old like um disney donald duck christmas cartoon and uh, the same thought occurred to me when the big like christmas dinner rolls out and it's the the duck family you know it's scrooge mcduck and yeah. donald and daisy and all you know and the kids um and they're sitting around and the big like highlight of christmas dinner is this giant turkey and they all just like <laughs> dive in and <laughs> you're eating their cousin you that's know? right <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know about the sort of the the ethics of anthropology. I, I don't know. I mean, one one thing I've noticed is, you know, as as I often mention, we we just watch Cars so often, just over <laughs> and over and over again, and they are incredibly scrupulous about this. Like even when there's insects, the insects are little tiny car insects, oh. and so and so like everything. So there's no like there just aren't people or animals. It's just cars, um, and. And every night, Jack, but before Jack goes to bed, we have the routine. We'll do the book. We'll read a book. We'll go in, sing a lullaby. And then right before he goes to sleep, he'll say, Dad, uh, tell, tell me a story about cars. And sometimes <laughs> he'll give a couple, like, tell me a story about two cars or tell me a story about cars at the beach. And then I just talk about cars, not necessarily from the cars universe, but often he'll right. he'll sort of say, when I was one of those cars, Lightning McQueen said, oh, back. yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> he'll, 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 like, he'll supply a character. But I get very because I'm this is kind of like fan fiction because like, I'm I'm kind of building on this. But then I get really nervous because I I run out of things to say, so I just fall back on user routes and they go, oh, these cars were brushing their teeth, and then these cars <laughs> eating a sandwich. And I'm like, what? But did cars eat sandwiches? Like, what are the rules like of the cars universe? I know they they have fuel. That's what they. Eat. <laughs> and so I'm telling this story about cars to him at night, and then I'm just panicking inside. <laughs> and so. Maybe now, as a result wrote, of that, if you wrote your own children's book and, and you decided to have a um, an animal, an anthropomorphized animal protagonist, would would it be like a meticulously crafted universe where there are no loopholes like that? It's all sort of thought out and taken care of. You know what? If if there were loopholes, they would be acknowledged. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> with a disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> no, no, they'd be like, oh, in the book. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess yeah, there wouldn't be loopholes. Like, so there'd just be there'd be rules. It's like, yeah, well, those like all the toys wake up except for these toys, and they they don't because they were not blessed by, I don't know, by <laughs> the spell. I, I, I don't know. I'm getting ahead of myself, but or there or there'd be some joke in it. Right. About the fact that, yeah, you, right. you'd reference it's like, oh, yeah. like, uh, like it's like, kind of like you're eating your cousin. Ha 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 ha. I guess that'd be a, that'd be a little grim. <laughs> <laughs> or the, uh, the, a lot of, uh, contemporary sitcom, like The Office and Parks and Rec are good at this. The, the, there'll be some kind of like cheesy, you know, bad pun or moment. And then the character will like look, like, at, look the at the camera, camera knowingly. like yeah. the, the, the gym, the classic gym looks at the, the camera and, or, right, and is like, right. can you believe Michael? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's about all I got. On yeah, this is just, I mean, it really is just one of my favorite children's books. So I, I, I can't think of anyone who would not benefit from having. Uh, yeah. Well, I certainly there. have, I, you know, I, it only, only came into my life a, a week ago and I'm, uh, I'm the better for it. Hey everyone, we hope you enjoyed this episode of A Thousand and One Good Nights. If you want to learn more about this book and other bedtime stories, check out our website at 1001goodnights.com. That's 1001goodnights.com. Be sure to sign up for our monthly email newsletter to get updates about upcoming seasons and other new content. Finally, please help us out by rating the show on iTunes. This helps spread the word about the show and get it in front of new listeners each week.